Nice profile picture, by the way. What profile picture? Your Skype. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah, obviously it hasn't changed since 2008. Since 2008? What are you talking about? It's like a year ago. <clears throat> also, why are we talking about me? One hour 40 over here. Captain Zabrecki. Some, some of us have to work, Nick. And what time did you finish work, Michael Zabrecki? Five. Uh-huh. And what time is it over there now? 7.44. Yeah. But, well, I do have a good excuse. Uh-huh. You're not going to see it as a good excuse, but uh-huh. I left my keys at work. Uh-huh. And so I got into, I called an Uber pool because it's zero dollars at the moment. I don't have to pay for Ubers. What? How? Why? Yeah, just because they got some five dollar discount, and my the Uber pools in my house is less than five dollars, so I just get free rides now. Well, that's kind of. And good. Um, so I ordered the ordered the Uber pool, and then I left my workplace, and then the guy cancelled, but I've been having issues receiving data on my phone so actually like as soon as i left the wi-fi didn't have any internet and he apparently cancelled then i saw his number plate and i waved him down and he was just like look i've already cancelled this trip but you can just get in the guy is an author he's he's writing his 42nd book on like like uh success and failure Basically, the the other two, there was a couple in the back. They were already enthralled with this guy, and they were just like, basically, like, just get in, shut up. We were listening. And I was like, oh, what's happening? And he was just like, yeah, just get in. I've already cancelled it, but just tell me where to go. So he was just, oh, just going to give me a free ride. And he, he then they showed me a they like a gate from the back seat. I got handed a bundle of books that this Uber driver had written to take, or like just to see. Not not to take, just to just see. To but like... he's on the cover of them. Wow. Um, yeah. And he, he all of them were about um uh Lobsters. success success and fail like success and failure and the link between them and the tips for success. And he and only like, eats Ooh. beef. And I was like, kind of uh, kind of ironic that you're driving an Uber. You're handing <laughs> me a book on the keys to success. But he seemed like a pretty interesting dude. But is he happy? If he's happy, success. Or, counter-argument, maybe Uh, he wants to be unhappy. Success. Now that I can relate to. (laughs) But anyway, I left my keys at work and then my friend uh, dropped them back on a bicycle. So I was actually locked out of my house for the second time this week. Locked out of my house. So I had to wait to get into my house whilst my keys were being dropped to me. You want to know something weird? I was just killing time because... It was an hour and 45 minutes after we said we we're going to start. So I opened up the Deep Fort webpage, deepfort.podbean.com, and I just thought, I'll flick back and see if there's any, you know, good content that we could steal for ourselves. And one of the episodes I was listening to started with the apology that it was late because you'd lost your keys and couldn't get into your house. <laughs> did it really? Honestly, honest to God, it did. Wait, from how long ago? Like two years ago. Like 74 or something around there. So it's a problem. It might be a problem. But that's nice of your and friend to like ride him back to you. Yeah, it was very nice. I've also done that twice this week. This is the second time I've been locked out of my house. Well, how? 
What happened the first time? Did you just leave your keys around again? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just, well, at least you know. got them back. A lot of people lose keys and don't get them back. I always get them back. I just, um, it just takes a while. It is a hassle. <laughs> In my household, we call it the secret. But if you believe, it will return to you. Uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of Will Smith on YouTube recently as well, and he says a lot of the same bullshit. So, and he doesn't have any books with himself on the front cover. Uh, I bet he does. Will Smith said something. I wasn't lying about watching Will Smith videos. Will Smith said <laughs> something interesting the other day, mm-hmm. and he was asked about uh, if he w- was happy with fame or how it turned out, uh, whether it matched his expectations. And he said, he he said he loved fame and he always wanted to be famous and he got it and it was basically everything that he wished for. But he was like, one thing that they don't tell you is that you get sued a lot. And he's like, I get sued fifteen time about fifteen times a year, just because I'm famous. What for? Um, As in, just like detail. anyone that has little. Like anyone that has a claim because there's this kind of white whale where it's like, if I can get this case over the line, I'm going to get some serious bank because he's rich and famous. I think so it is a little bit of that. Yeah. Like there is like a big whale and then there's like all these like little plankton like gnawing away. I don't know anything about sea life. <laughs> but clearly, I, was I just assume that clearly yeah, the just... plankton slowly eat the giant whale if they all work as a group. <laughs> David Attenborough. Yeah. Oceans too. Um, but yeah, that, it got me thinking about, um, what's his face? Donald Trump, a little bit. Um, because people kind of use lawsuits like, oh, some, someone's launched a, a, a lawsuit against uh, you know, Trump or whatever, and it kind of validates it just by virtue of the fact that they've decided to go to the effort of um, st- you know, starting a lawsuit. I guess it doesn't. I don't, I don't know what your point is. I don't know either. I never know. <laughs> I never know. I just always hope to find it. I was, I I was having this know. thought. Maybe you can tell me what it means. <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking know, dude. That's what you're here for, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> to just interpret what you're thinking and tell you whether it's good or bad. I have a lot of shit thoughts throughout the day, and um, most of the time they go unfiltered, and I just have to live with it. live with it. So I'm just like stewing in my own bullshit thoughts and then the podcast is good for me mentally because then I get like a you get to sift it through because Emma's stopped listening to me ages ago <laughs> so I have no one now and I I talk to myself way too much do you and uh, so I have so much like a lot just at home or like when you're out and about as well um both like at home and out and about but it's mostly like conversations. Like I, I had a great conversation no, that's with myself worse. today. That's worse. No, don't, don't. No, that's worse. Don't what? have conversations with yourself. But it's mostly just say lines. Just say things out loud. Don't, don't get into chats. But why are you? Why are you, like you can't tell me what to do. Like I, I have, I have more fun talking to myself than I do with most people. <laughs> it's not that funny, to be honest. <laughs> It's not that it's funny. It's not funny. And the fact that it's so not funny is quite funny. It's not that um, funny. It's kind of funny. Um, but it's, it's a good... It's cathartic. It's cathartic to have a chat. 
Yes, because I always win the arguments. And I do have arguments, but I always seem to win them because I'm also on both sides, so I can't lose. <laughs> yeah, but, but there, there is lose both arguments. Uh, well, yeah. I get to choose who loses, but I'm always both. That is quite a sentence, isn't it? I'm always both. I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> no, why? I, I don't even need to be here. You can just do both sides of the conversation. They're mostly just like bits, uh, like things that I think are funny. Okay, and then so I try like and like flesh them out. Characters. Uh, kind of characters. Yeah, I guess kind of characters. But uh, other, I don't know. I've, I've brought a <clears throat> few of them here with me to this podcast. I mean, that's basically what I do. I just talk to myself and then I um, make notes. Michael, may I? speak to them is <laughs> other characters in the room with us here today they are may i speak to one of them who do you want to speak to <laughs> it depends on who you've brought uh do any of them have accents uh, they don't have to <laughs> although brian brian likes to have a go but uh is brian there Hi Nick. Hi Brian. Brian. If you were, if you if you were to sum up your premise in one sort of sentence, what would the premise be? <laughs> Lonely. <laughs> God, that's so much worse. You're just you're just lonely, Brian. Oh, my friends just call me Brian. <laughs> or or um, you have friends that or Dad. Friends. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and uh, what did you get up to today, Brian? Um, today I went to the library and borrowed some DVDs. You went to the library to borrow some DVDs? Right, because, um, Blockbuster, there are no more, basically, there are no more Blockbusters left, so I'm like, where do I get my DVDs from? The only place that sells them is the library. Okay. And, uh, what DVDs did you rent, Brian? Um, I wrote a couple of documentaries on UFOs. Um, uh, you unidentified, sorry, unidentified, unidentified flying, f- um, aerial phenomena. Um, and, uh, there was one on Bigfoot that I've already seen before. Um, but they had that on Blu-ray and I haven't seen that on Blu-ray before. Um, a lot of conspiracy theory shit. <laughs> sorry, Brian, I didn't realize that you swore. That just seems slightly out of character. Um, I'm, pa- I swear when I'm passionate, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, how do you play those, uh, Blu-rays? Do you have a Blu-ray player? Um, I play them on my laptop, which is a P- <laughs> PC Mac uh, 8000. <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously the Blu-ray is pretty common on the PC yeah. Mac 8000. Um, yeah. Brian, have right. you ever been... And forgive me. My favourite like... food is probably fruit and nut chocolate by Cadbury. Forgive me. If is that what you're going to ask? Is that what you're going to ask? It was second. Uh, you you skipped ahead on the list. But the the question I suppose I was going to ask was: Have you ever been abducted by an alien, Brian? Um, not yet. But you trying? I'm not trying, but I think I will be found. I know I will be found. I've had communications. Basically, we're working on it. And by we, I mean me, and the alien overlords. So, this is basically just Derek, the conspiracy theorist. <laughs> the, the the funny part is um, that this is, it's kind of a weird extension of myself because I have in the past borrowed conspiracy theory DVDs 
and UFO DVDs from the library. And, I mean, a part of this is just, I mean, that's, that's where the best characters are. You. Aren't they? They're based on, based on their slightly exaggerated truths. That's why the best lies are. The lies are truths slightly exaggerated. Just the eerie hum of Failure. bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Default, everybody. This. Gosh, who, who could even say at this point what this is? But maybe you'll find out. It's a... Uh, it's a lovely Monday evening, mid-December, 2018, coming to a close and sitting through the internet with me, my friend Michael Zabrecki. Say hi, Michael. Hello. Hello, mister. Hello. How are you? I missed you. I don't know what this is. And my name's Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi. Feels like uh, a bit of some vibes. Some weird vibes this week. I don't know what's what's. I don't know what's Is that a vape? It's a vape pen. Why? Mm, Have you quit? Not successfully. Okay. And the vape pen is to. I'm charging this on my computer. <laughs> That's why the That's Skype weird. call didn't work. It was <laughs> trying to look through the vape pen instead of out of your webcam. One thing you, you have to say about vape pens and vaping in general is that it looks fucking cool. <laughs> It doesn't yeah, really. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows vaping is the coolest. What's, um, what smell do you go for? Uh, this is actually Emma's. So she just went to a music festival and she didn't want to smoke. So she bought this, which is, funnily enough, about the cost of a packet of cigarettes. Um, and she she basically won't use it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it, I think. And use it as a substitute um, yeah, on the way out. For cock. Yep. Um, <laughs> what is this episode? This is going to be so weird. What is... Oh, Good. We haven't had a weird one in ages. Yeah. Everyone else has con- called it consistency. But yeah. No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I've got um, just to outline some stuff. I don't know what we're talking about today, mm. uh, but I've got uh, possibly a new segment, but it's kind of like a mutated segment. Um, it'll be, I've got a good joke of the week. Oh. Um, is that a segment which we've is ever also, done I don't think we've done joke of the no, week. We've no, we've not done it, but it's also tied in with advice of the week. Okay. That's also, so they're, not, yeah. They're one, they're one and the same. I do, I do like that most of our segments are called of the week, even though it's like a two to three weekly podcast. It's yeah, it's all about marketing, bro. Yeah. This makes it you gotta brand yourself. Um, I was always going to call this a science news, but don't play the jingle because now it's a real topic. Uh, I <laughs> I have a subject a a, a a a column here from Psychology Today. Uh, which describes the idea, and the title is, Why the Least Competent People... That was I've said that with the wrong emphasis. Why the least competent people often think they're the best. Uh, I feel like this is something you've said to me as, like, a way of making me realise that I've said something stupid. <laughs> it might have come up in the past. Uh, but basically... Uh, there are, you know, any time that 
you get some say someone who thinks they're a really good singer and everyone around them is like oh you are you are not a good singer like anyone who uh, uh, goes to like Australian Idol or whatever it is and goes to those first audition rounds and you're like why did you come in why are you in front of these people you can't sing you do, you're not even you are not good and yet they sign up and they go in these things to be humiliated by a panel of judges because it is obvious that they can't sing and so there's this question why 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 did you go and moreover when they interviewed them before and after they're always like i'm going to walk out with the ticket i'm going to get to the semi-finals you know you're going to see me strutting my stuff on that stage in sydney you know this is my destiny and they're so hyper confident about their own abilities well psychology has come to term this sort of effect the dunning-kruger effect after the psychologists who studied it and basically, it shows empirically that the least competent people believe themselves to be among the most competent. And it's because unskilled people are so untalented or lack the skills necessary to evaluate their own skill. So in order to be competent at something, you have to be sufficiently good enough to evaluate your own competence and because they're so bad they're so far down the bad end of the spectrum they don't even realize <laughs> that they're bad at it this so they're so really funny. confident yeah um and so they call that a uh, a metacognitive skill which is the ability to examine one's own thoughts um and <laughs> yeah they uh, uh the people who were the least competent at logical reasoning overestimated their abilities to the greatest extent and they thought they were at nearly the 70th percentile 70th percentile but they're actually in the 12th percentile um so yeah i don't know what the question is here now that i say it out loud but no there's a question question. I, i just i suppose it's it's very interesting and i think that we probably see real world implications of this all the time where people who believe themselves to be knowledgeable and things end up in positions of power or uh, end up swaying, you know, political parties or, you know, this, that. And but the that, other. Would, that would almost say the opposite, though. How so? Because, I mean, if there are people that, that are objectively incompetent, finding themselves in positions where they're... Uh, they're they have been validated for whatever reason. That's that's kind of the opposite, though, isn't it? It's like, hey, isn't the theory that um, people are, people have deluded themselves of their own competency? And oh, I guess it's, it's not guess even it's the delusion of, of the competency. It's the fact that they don't even have the frame of reference because they're so so unknowledgeable in the area or the discipline that they don't even have the ability to judge their own competency. Yeah. So, well, so sorry, you go. Yeah. So self-awareness is like probably the most valuable thing ever. I, I don't you think. I, yeah, I agree. But that's a, it's such an impossible, like you, I, I can think I'm being self-aware and still not be self-aware. Do you know what I mean? It's such a it's such a nebulous thing to actually be able to encapsulate because it requires placing yourself in 
the shoes of someone else in a way to see yourself objectively. But well, per- many perfect people self awareness. Yeah, yeah. Many people can have different perceptions of your actions. Yeah, true. So there isn't there isn't even a really a theoretical ideal self-awareness level that you're at because self-awareness is kind of like this blob slime thing that just like changes based on the the person's what which angle someone's looking at you yeah it's uh it's it is defined by the view of someone else but that one person is not necessarily the same as someone else's perception uh so so if you ask one of these like australian idol um washouts you know that that think that they are um supremely talented if you ask them what they think that their self-awareness if they how good their self-awareness is almost certain like without like just by looking at them and thinking well this person obviously has no self-awareness if you even if you ask them do you think you're self-aware they'd they'd probably go yeah i yeah i think that's like that's the that's the meta level of of the same concept layered on top of each other, like <laughs> the idea of asking someone whether they understand the concept of not being able to understand themselves because they're not good enough at understanding it, and then getting yeah. the answer yes, I am really good at it would prove yeah. that they're really bad at it. <laughs> yeah, how 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 self aware are you of your own self awareness? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just terrible. It, I think down. if you, yeah, but I mean, I think I, I think you probably are. I think you are. I I would like to think I am, but then I like I'm way better knowing my self awareness in hindsight, which is basically not self awareness because in order to have great self awareness. It kind of needs to be in real time and not like we're laughing at it. But at the same time, there are people who even after the fact can never look back at their actions and see a like they did something wrong or, you know, see how things were perceived or something like that. So even if it is after the fact, that's still better on the spectrum than it could be. it you depends who you're comparing yourself to, though. <laughs> I don't want to compare myself because I'm just thinking of some, like... You can't say the word div anymore, can you? Um, just I don't some... even know what that's meant to be slang for. Or do I really? Um, <laughs> just some, some idiot on X Factor. Because I'm not comparing myself to them. Yeah. Well, I guess that we all kind of are. That's why it's so funny. Well, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. When you watch someone do that that the more self-aware people would look at their performance and cringe because they know that if they were given that opportunity, which ostensibly we all are, anyone can apply to go on Australian Idol or whatever, we look at our own abilities and say, I'm not good enough to be there, so I'm not going to apply. Yeah. So it is it is that sort of um, direct comparison in that moment. That's what makes it so garish and so <laughs> like watchable. So I, I think it also it just occurred to me that in order for you to be that uh, lack that much self awareness and be that deluded um, about your own abilities, you almost kind of need to be surrounded by other people who lack awareness for you. 
because they're probably egging you on and telling you, no, you you are a fucking star. You need you are gonna win this thing, and you're like, really? And they're like, honestly, you are one of the best singers I've ever heard. <laughs> Just give us a few bars right now. Amazon grass. Oh my god, Michael, you I should apply for <laughs> Dude. This is what I wanted to get back to. I'm applying for Australian Idol. I would like everyone to vote. Yeah. <laughs> cool, 1-800. I'll be singing oh, Amazing name, Grace, by the way. Michael, too, <laughs> 45038, 45038. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, you need I a support work definitely... network of other idiots yeah, in order to prop you up. I think, I think the super other, idiot. I think the yeah. other option is that you have people who are too gun-shy to actually confront the issue and say, ooh, hey, mm, yeah, maybe you shouldn't go to the singing. But you know, people who have too much on the line in terms of relationship or too scared to broach the topic or whatever, and so just, like, enable it from a distance by not speaking up against the behaviour. But you kind of have to, in order to get to that point, you need to kind of actively prop someone up. And so, like, even if you thought, like, oh, my friend is a really bad singer, but I don't have the heart to tell them, you'd be like, yeah, you're really good. Like, it would... That's not enough. Or maybe it is. But I think that you... Like, not everyone would do that. Some people would say, you shouldn't shouldn't get up there. You're just going to look bad. I'm trying to think of um, blind spots in my self self perception right now. Could you do? You, do you think you could do it for me? <laughs> you want me to f- poke poke find your flaws? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> You're not as good looking as you think. Uh, that doesn't matter because I've, I've I've put an extra ten percent on. Um, so even without your... 10% of what? Wait. I, you could tell me I'm 10% less good looking than I think I am, and I'd still be very good looking, so... (laughs) That was just a test anyway. I don't really. Um... I think I'm the opposite, though. You think I'm the opposite I think I'm... I think I project a certain... I think I project confidence in areas that really have. that really is overcompensating for the insecurities. So like I'll I'll back myself in certain aspects of life and if I'm being honest, I probably am most insecure about the things that I claim to be most confident about or that I want to seem to be most confident about because I want to convince myself. That's a very self-aware thing to say. I know. Very self-aware. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the most I'm in the self-aware. 70th percentile. Um, I know. No, I think that's a very common trait. You know, if you admitting weakness is hard and if you're scared that it might be true about yourself, then it, it's easier, quote unquote, to pretend that it's fine or project confidence about it because otherwise it you'd start to pull the thread and unravel what is an insecurity and that's uncomfortable so people don't like doing that 
So I don't think you're yeah. alone in, in having that concern about yourself. Hmm. I, th- I think you are quite self-aware because you... I think you you I think it it shows in how someone holds themselves or or where they allow jokes to be made of themselves and where they let that happen and where they don't let that happen that's maybe maybe a sign that they aren't as self-aware or I mean it could be a bunch of things but it could that could also be one of them I it's easier you when you get to way. edit the podcast and just take out the jokes that you don't like about yourself. <laughs> yeah, and you just count on the fact that I'm probably drunk and just never remember that I even said it. Like, oh. like, honestly, I don't even know that the the podcast is edited. Oh, thank you. That's a nice compliment. No, I didn't mean it like that. Don't worry. I'll cut it out and I'll make sure <laughs> that it's framed like it is. Nick is the best editor. And so good looking. <laughs> Two. Oh God, uh, lonely Brian's back. Um, it's interesting talking about self awareness because uh, I I wonder sometimes whether, like you you are you, we often talk about uh, you know our opinions about topics and there was a, a while maybe over Christmas last year where we were talking about whether we changed opinions on things recently and I was starting to consider whether or not I'm too set in my beliefs or what justifications I have for certain you know societal oh yeah beliefs or 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 perspectives um political and, and cultural and otherwise and so I have this uh, kind of uh, not self-awareness about it. That's not the right word, but I've been trying to uh, reflect on or examine whether my opinions on things are justified in topics that I just take my opinions for granted at, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. and it has come up recently in, uh, you know, like arguments or discussions when actually pressed about things, I find myself less confident in my ability to stand by my beliefs than I would hope for. And I, I find that kind of unsettling. I don't know if, if that makes any sense at all. Or if it's just rambling. No, it certainly makes sense. But I experience that all the time with you because I always come to this thing and like I'm, you know, I've got opinions on things and I just start shooting them off like it's the Wild West and then you always seem like way more composed. Your ability to talk me out of ideas that I've convinced myself over for the past week is remarkable and very unsettling. But why is and annoying, ability, by the way? Why is my ability to do that? Like, is my is is that choice I make or my beliefs on those things like valid? Like, should I should I take more time to actually consider what you're talking about? 
Maybe. I think part of the problem is, if we're going to talk about that, I think um, I think part of the problem is you... Well, it's not part of the problem. Well, the problem for me <laughs> is that I think you're, you are uh, more able to articulate your point of view than I am. Um, and so if I if you say something that I haven't really thought about that much and it makes me think I, I need time to like process it and then I often have conversations with you when you're not there and and I win a lot of those arguments um, way more than when I'm actually talking to you. <laughs> So I, I think I need time. I think uh, like maybe it's just like processing capabilities <laughs> of our brains. But um, yeah, I, you get you yeah. Uh, what, what was the initial? How do we get onto that? I was what were talking you about my own, or as in what we were talking before I started speaking. No, my my well, perspective was uh, not being sure whether or not I should believe in my opinions as much as i find it easier to do oh i don't think you i don't think you're set in stone like i don't i think i feel like if i i could change your mind if i had the vocab for it um i think you're not you're not like impervious to change what do you do when you feel like you are at an impasse with someone and and neither of you are going to change your views Mm. well i mean i had years of going through that with my dad re christianity um and then that kind of just it was just like i couldn't be bothered anymore so do you just not bring it up i do kind of bring it up sometimes when i want to i feel like getting a bit angry um but with that, like I, like with the God thing, I mean that's probably a good example. With the God thing, with my dad, when I was like a like a younger kind of twenty to twenty three year old, I was like really excited by all this like atheism shit because it kind of separated me because I went to a a religious school and so like I was like having that point of view made me like like unique and I was like I've probably always been chasing. <laughs> like a unique identity. But then once that phased out and I kept, you know, arguing like I like I had made I I like I had already had decided that that God didn't exist and I it wasn't even worth arguing because I was like, well, I'm what am I gonna argue what this does for? it like, accomplish? I like I'm like almost hundred percent sure that there's no God. Like I'm not gonna I can argue like the fine points, but it's like it's kind of boring. Yeah, but with other stuff, I don't. I don't know. How do you do deal with it? The reason that I've been musing about it is possibly one that I shouldn't talk on pot about, but in general terms, my dad and I had been having it a bit of an argument, and. I think there are just certain things that we will always not will just disagree with each other about things where we're t- two different people and 
I don't know whether it is something where I should force a discussion to try and help us see each other's side more and whether that's productive or whether it's better to not broach it at all. Mm. And I, I, I don't know what's, what's the better choice there because there are uh, things that, yeah. that I still believe strongly and so do you just never, do you just, I, I guess, like, write off your own stake in, in those things for the sake of civility? Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, you're talking pretty cryptically. Yeah, I'm trying to talk in general generalities, but it might be too abstract. Do you think you're a good listener? I thought I did, but I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Well, just because you're dead thing. Yeah. Well, it's make you change your mind. Yeah. I think that I'm I think that I'm empathetic. I think that I have a good ability to understand other people's emotions and feelings I think you do too um, I can't, I, about a year or so ago I was having a drink with my dad and my sister and we'd probably polished off about a bottle of wine each and so we're, get, we're getting deep and I said I said to, to my dad and my sister I was like let's play a game let's let's uh, Let's go around in this group of three and say something that we think is a part of a, a problem with one of like with with the person. And yeah, my dad for some reason probably had a few drinks. Was like, yeah, all right, let's do that. And so I said of my dad, I said, I don't think that you listen very well. And I don't think, I think you're always waiting to say your thing. And you're, you're not really listening to what people say. You're just thinking of what you're going to say next. And he took that, he, he took that, well, he, he accepted that. He was like, yeah, sure. And then probably about three months ago, I was having a similar kind of thing with my brother and someone else. And I said the same thing. And my brother said to me, "You you said that to someone else." No, so I, so I played the same. I, I was with my brother and someone else, and I was like, "Let's let's do that game again." Sorry, yeah, hardly a game. <laughs> and <laughs> and Ben got around to me, and he said, "I don't feel that you listen very much, and you're always thinking about what you you are going to say next." He said the exact thing without having been there. When I said that to my dad, it was pretty weird. Yeah. And did did you, when he said I that, did you... I cut him off. I cut him off. I was like, <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, okay, Ben, this is mine for yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't listen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, okay, so I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny, like something that I was actively kind of calling my dad out on, I was clearly... 
do it myself. So you agree which with him? Shows a lack of self awareness, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's. I don't know. I mean, when you're talking about this stuff, uh, it depends the context of the person and the relationship with the person that you're discussing it with, you know, um, people who are closer to you, uh, who know you better would have a better sense of your sense of your own strengths and weaknesses. So they'd be probably closer to the truth about what is or isn't true about your personality. Absolutely. And if you allow your friends the luxury of criticizing you where they see fit and so surrounding, so which I think just something I think if we're going to um, evaluate our own self-awareness, something that I think we would and should give ourselves credit for is the fact that our group of friends uh, we have, we, I mean, we've kind of made a, a habit of it. I mean, we have a podcast for fuck's sake where we talk about ourselves a hell of a lot and we kind of dive into it and we criticize each other and we hold, I think we hold each other to quite a high standard. A lot of, a lot of the time, I guess, like it can be kind of infected with like gossip or an, an agenda like depending on who's saying it like no i'm not saying that of you and i am i'm saying that of like like our larger vega friendship circle but yeah. i think for the most part we have spent so many nights staying up drinking and kind of calling each other out and shit so i think that's something and that's the other part about self-awareness is that self-awareness is not just recognizing your good qualities is all uh, your bad qualities is recognizing where you are actually good or where you are, where you are actually outperforming mm. things. But I mean, that brings you back to the original thing, which is how do you know the things that you're actually good at? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it depends. It depends I suppose how you re- if, if it's also supported by the people around you and they say, oh yeah, you know, that is actually something you're good at. It depends also what, standard you're you're setting for yourself and how how um who you're comparing yourself to like because you you could be like a for, for by all accounts you could be like a very nice person like and well off you know making like a median income and but to someone else they're 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 pushing for something bigger so which is yeah i mean the self-awareness thing is so fluid and it, 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 it's not, st- it's based, it's like you couldn't pinpoint it. Yeah. Cause it, it's made up of so many factors that change. Can, can you be self-aware about material goals though? Or is it, is it, is it restricted or should it be restricted to more like abstract? Well, I guess you could because you could be like you could, could be like I think I'm being materialist, materialistic, like because that that would yeah that's self awareness. But I mean, can you be like, can you look at yourself and say, uh, I only have uh, five diamond rings, and you know Nancy has seven diamond rings or whatever? Is that does that count as 
I mean, you are taking stock at yourself from an objective standpoint, but for like narcissistic goals, is that self-awareness or not? It is self-awareness by stating the fact because Nancy might have, what was it, seven gold rings? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's obviously set in the 1800s or something. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's got like four fiefdoms. And her name's Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen this story? You didn't, I think it's a Knight's Tale. Did you see a Knight's Tale? With Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Rest in peace. Didn't have to say that. He's been dead for too long. <laughs> you, don't, you don't say you say rest in peace like two years after. That's it. Max. Max. Um, yeah. But so you could be you could be objective by saying, okay, well, Nancy does have seven gold rings, and I've only got five. But so that would be, I mean, that's kind of awareness of the situation, but then. How you process that, I guess, is the subjective part because you could be like, well, Nancy's got more gold rings than I do, but um, she, her husband hits her. <laughs> and, and stuff. That's not self-awareness and at all. She doesn't... Yeah, oh, but unless, like, are you, you framing it like, that. so really I have it better? So, yeah, you, so you could perceive it like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Do you think... Do you think if you have a problem, you need to talk it out? Mm -mm. Fuck no. I'm almost against it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And what does your self-awareness say about your stance on that? My self-awareness says that I'm being, um, that, that that is driven by some sort of protective thing of myself. And I'm, I'm just only saying that, because I'm, it's some sort of defense mechanism. And that I probably should talk it out. But I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was going to bring it up with you. That I just have this thing that I can't shake. That, uh, that, that people, especially men, who kind of, I don't know, I think way too too much. The thought pops into my head. Oh, that guy's such a pussy. Like I can't shake it. And like the the people that are really like sensitive, I have this like knee jerk response where I'm. I really like. I've been trying to think this through and trying to like talk myself out of it because I think that's the only way to get out of it. Because I know that it's wrong and I know that it's based probably on some childhood way I was brought up somehow but I do have this like thing where I like really think a lot of people are pussies and it's such a shitty thing to say isn't it what is what how what sort of behavior are you seeing that's triggering that just like sensitivity talking about your problems talking about what your grievances are and um talking about how like you like (laughs) I don't know, man. It's not, I don't, yeah, I sound like a real asshole, but like, I'm trying to think about this. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's interesting because I mean, it's not that far removed from really what we talk about on here. We're talking about our feelings. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like we kind of do it clinically 
we do rather it, than we, seeking we do it sympathy. Manly. It is there is a clinical we're aspect singlets, to it though. We're tossing back wink like whiskey, <laughs> and we got a cigar or a vape pen, the manliest <laughs> of the e-cigarette brand. Uh, yeah, it's not feelings. It's feelings. I blame my dad for not wanting to talk about your feelings. I think I got the idea from there. Well, it's that yes. entire generation. Like, right? like so I, I, like it's maybe it's not so much that, but it's like more like I respect people who bottle their shit up. That's so fucked up. It's not that fucked up though, is it? I respect people no, who just I mean, like swallow their shit and just get on with it. But why? I don't know. Because my parents and them let me had sick days. <laughs> probably well, why. That's probably why. Yeah. Because I never got them. Because I, my my parents always worked at my school. So if I said I was sick, they'd be like, "Yeah, cool, get in the car." Oh yeah. Would you let your kids have sick days? No. <laughs> the vicious cycle continues. I've been. I've been. Um, well, I, haven't, I was about to say I've been reading this book, but I haven't actually received the book yet, so that would have been a lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've been reading this guy, Jonathan Haidt. Have you heard of him? No. H a i d t, and I just ordered his D T. Okay. And um, um, I've been listening to him on on podcasts, and um, I just ordered his book called "The Coddling of the American Mind." Um, but I've basically heard him on a bunch of podcasts talking about letting kids um they're doing these things now in in the UK and he's been putting his kids through them where basically you send you send kids to like this area where they have like hammers and nails and kind of like scrap and things and you give them an hour by themselves when they are truly unsupervised by an adult uh-huh and like you have an uh, you have an adult there close by if if you tell them like you can come get us if something goes really wrong, but uh-huh. then they they he's, he was he, I was listening to a podcast this morning where he was saying that he was really anxious about sending his kid off to one of these things, but uh, he really thought that it was it would be quite good for them to have some independence and make some you know low risk mistakes. And he said, um, because a lot of the time, you know, you know, when kids, you know, they fall over or something or they hit themselves and they look at the adult to see what their reaction is. And yeah. a lot of the time, it's, if they, yeah, it's I think Michelle tricky. Obama, Michelle yeah. Obama was actually talking about this on Colbert. A lot of the time, the kid will look to see how you respond to that. And if you're like, oh my God, are you okay? Then they'll, yeah, they'll think that something's it. up. Yeah. Yeah. And he was saying that he was he was watching he was watching his kid play around with this hammer with a nail. So was it like on camera? You could you could yeah. See so it on camera, way. but yeah, on camera. But the kid, there was no like parents no. there watching them. So the kids, for all they knew, were unsupervised. Yeah. And he's watching his kid banging it, banging a nail with a hammer, and he hits. You could see he hits his hand with the the yeah. hammer. And they're like, oh shit, well, like, this is going to be waterworks. And the kid just like looks at his hand, shakes it off like this, yeah. and then goes back to hammering. And he said, does it three more times. 
and he just uh, by by the end of it, he started not hitting his hand with yeah. the hammer. So the I can't remember how we got into this, but there was like a little bit of that. Like I I feel like like I would be the type of parent that would want to throw their throw my kid into you know go eat some dirt. We got into it via me asking, would you give your kid sick days? Which was via you picking up from your dad this sense of like bury your emotions, don't be a pussy. Yeah. So I th- I, 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 I would be probably a fan of the, the tough love kind of thing and make mistakes, go in and fuck shit up and learn from it rather than the uh, overprotective helicopter parenting style. Yeah, but I think you can be... You can avoid helicoptering while still leaving yourself like emotionally open or like willing to like be there and help and discuss and things simultaneously. One hundred percent. That is definitely true. I just haven't learned that. Yeah. So when you say that you're like trying to fight this instinct, is is the best way to do that to try and quash the uh reaction to what you've witnessed or is it to try and embody more of that yourself and overcome from like the inside out yeah that's such a good question i don't know i think i need i need to probably i would start with trying to um squash the part of my perception that kind of not romanticizes is not the right word, but that puts value on um, you know, kind of grinning and bearing things. That's what I need to stop doing. Like, and then I think I can start like empathizing with people a bit more. And mm. where do you? What's this? Is a bit of a tangent. And a weird question, but how do you perceive flamboyant gay people? Um, okay, honest answer. Um, part of there, there is definitely a part of my brain that. Um, kind of thinks like the extra flamboyant people are, are putting on some sort of act. Um, I have like I I genuinely have if if that if that is a thought, then it's in the back of my mind. And to be honest, I don't think that that's too far from the truth. Like you could see how that could. Um, it's evolved. not a like, question it's kind without of, basis. Yeah, right. It's like it's it's it's, it's a curiosity, right? I mean, if if someone who's a very flamboyant, right, that 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 is a form of signalling. Would you not say, even if it does come naturally? Yeah, I mean, I suppose the question is more: why are you, what's what triggers an analysis of this kind of behaviour in this type of person versus say, oh, this person's really gruff and close-minded or this person's really like introverted and quiet. It, 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 
like why does one type of one one form of expression in in that gender trigger that reaction versus other forms of it um, well you know personality type well i mean i i would have i would like i don't there's no rhythm or rhyme to it but like i I wouldn't say that is exclusive to flamboyant personalities. Like yeah. the, the, the idea of me thinking about how they came to be that way, because like, I've thought that about introverted people. I've thought about that about dark, mysterious people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I am curious about everyone. I mean, it's probably more because if, it, if that thought does come up is it, it would be a result of um, not coming into contact with it that much and it being more of a, a an aggressive personality in a way if maybe aggressive is not the word, right word but like big, by virtue Visible. of the fact that it is flamboyant it is yeah. like there so you, you can't miss it so I think there's but I mean <clears throat> like do you have a no, it, I was I was just exploring as a tangent because we, you were talking about your reaction to, you know, sensitivity in men, and I just thought it was an interesting parallel. Um, so I was w- kind of wondering whether, if quote unquote, the excuse of them being gay dismissed your concerns about their sensitivity in that context, whether you never looked at them and th- and thought, oh, those pussies, they need to harden up, or where is that still? Are those simultaneous thoughts still? You're probably right. I've never actually thought about that, but you're probably right. I've never, I've almost, yeah, I've never thought that of, when I, when I was thinking about the sensitivity thing, I was only, um, I only really could have listed straight men that I know as examples. I wouldn't have listed anyone that I know. Mm. Um, so that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a question there. It was just. Uh, That's it. Interesting. That's very interesting. I haven't thought about that. Yeah. Maybe you just need to, rather than thinking that all these um, straight guys are pussies, you just need to think, oh, but what if they were gay? And then everything <laughs> would be better. Yeah. Is that what you do? I get into too much trouble thinking that straight people are gay already. <laughs> I think it's um, it it's definitely comes from values that you adopt from your parents. I, I can clearly see that link. Um, I've definitely adopted it from my my parents, and I think I do need. I mean, part of it. The problem is part of it is good because there is part of it that that to a degree that it is good that you can grin and bear things, but Mm. not so much that you dismiss people that have the opposite of that. Sure. A a healthy balance is good, but but favoring one complete side is is probably bad. So Mm. um, something something to think about. Yeah, maybe... Maybe maybe we'll talk in six months and I'll... <laughs> maybe I, 
No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, just I think watched, we all know. I just gonna... watched you like raise your lip wrist and then put it back down. <laughs> Don't say that. Hey, if yeah. I have to watch it, you have to watch it. Oh, gosh. Shall yeah. we? Um, I don't know where exactly we got to or started from there, but I feel like we, the Dunning-Kruger effect, eh? That's, yeah. every, time, every time I hear the word Dunning-Kruger, I think my, my brain thinks automatically, Oh, Diane Kruger is so talented. <laughs> An actress and a psychologist. <laughs> oh, she good. is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life as well. I well, love her. She's got the brains and the body. Um, you had uh, a couple of pretend segments, somethings of the week. I say pretend. Well, we haven't done real prank. Okay, so I've got joke of the week slash advice of the day. The day. <laughs> okay. Um, let me finish. Uh, let me find. Sorry. Fucking okay, uh, weird. Wait, what? <laughs> What'd you say? I said weird. Why is that weird? <laughs> that you ended up. That the phrase that you came out with was "let me finish" <laughs> instead of "let me find." Oh, I found it. Okay. Do we have a jingle? It's the- your segment. <laughs> Let's call it joke of the week. Oh gosh. Okay. Do you can want to we, can, we, with... can we have like a thing which isn't on of the week? Okay, fine. Um, joke time. Okay, that's somehow worse. Wanna... <laughs> go on. Do you want to go with joke time then? Because we have to have a jingle. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's. Ju- Come on, kids. It's joke time. Okay, Jared Fogel. Okay, so the joke of the week is also advice of the week, as I've said probably 18 times already. <laughs> is it something that you've created or did you find this? Created it. Created okay. it this morning. So happy with it. So very okay. happy. Okay, so two in one. So basically this is like a way you can spice up your goodbyes. Mm-hmm. So you know how people say, Nick... Um, if someone's a bit kooky, you know, they'll say they're going to leave something and they'll be like, see you later, alligator. And then someone else who's like kind of on the same wavelength will be like, in a while, crocodile. And they'll be like, <laughs> yeah. Right. So this is how you can basically supercharge Turbo Blast that. Okay. Right. Is this a third so, person jumping in or is this how to go from, from the start? You'll find out. So, <laughs> okay. Nick, say, uh-huh. say we're at a party, uh-huh. right? Yep. We're at a party. Uh-huh. Is the who's who of Whosville uh-huh. is there. Um, give me an actress's name. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. She's there. Give me another actress's name. Uh, Leah Sedu. <laughs> Are you kidding me? She got there early, man. She was there Fucking way lame. early. Yeah. So we're at a party, Nick. We're about to leave, right? Uh-huh. You and me, bud. Wait, uh-huh. We're not leaving together. You're staying. Um, so how you can juice you it up. You had somewhere to be. And I was like, no, I'm still, I'm still kicking it with Mags. I've got another better party to go to. <laughs> yeah. Diane Kruger's at that party. <laughs> yeah. I can hope so. All right. So instead of saying, instead of the regular old boring, see you later alligator. Which right? comes up way with, too often. Way too often. Boring. Turbocharge it by saying, see you later, masturbator. 
And then get this. Uh-huh. The call the response to that is uh-huh. in a while, pedophile. <laughs> right? <laughs> so you supercharge it. Nick. People hear us saying that, right? Uh-huh. I'm leaving this party. I say, see you later, see you later, masturbator. You yell out across the room in a wild pedophile. All of a sudden, someone's like, did you hit? That was fucking sick, right? <laughs> All of a sudden, we're the hit of the party. And you're leaving. What a way And to I'm go leaving, out. right? And yeah. what's, be- what's cooler than leaving? It's nothing. leaving while being accused of pedophilia. <laughs> nothing cooler than that. <laughs> we're, the, we're the hit of the party, uh-huh. all right? Leia Couple said of weeks who's later, her agent. She's saying, "Get me that script. I want to buy the rights." Totally. A couple of weeks later, I get I get an email, uh-huh. anonymous. Steven Spielberg. I think, hey, uh, I was at that party that you were at a couple of weeks ago. Saw you say that thing. That was fucking cool. Um, I'm hosting a party in a month's time. Want you guys to be there? We get that invited. Party? I say, I say, the what I'm Oscars. Doing. So weird. I was gonna do it like a little bit of a bit that led to us going to the Oscars. <laughs> really? I'm not joking. Oh well, I'm sorry to have. Um, I don't know. Come early. You did come early, but I'm almost glad that you beat me to it because I'm like, let me finish. What, what are we talking about? Here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you came first, Nick. If you've enjoyed this kind of shit, well, good Wait. news. Wait. Wait, we've got one more thing. Ugh. I've got to read this other thing. Oh, Are we going to do this thing? Can we do it after the thing? I just started doing the thing. All right, do the thing. Okay. If you've this enjoyed is fucking this... fucking Seinfeld. Oh. Do the thing. I'm going to do the thing. You do the thing. Bye, do the thing. Sorry. If you've enjoyed this shit, well, great news. More on the way now in your ears. Deepfort.podbean.com forward slash nothing. It's just that. Facebook.com forward slash deep fort. Twitter.com forward slash deep fort. iTunes. It's on iTunes. Give it five stars. And then send your questions to deepfort at gmail.com. <laughs> I was like the Marines version of deep fort outros. Oh, uh, what's, what's the thing? So I got the weirdest email I've probably ever received. Yesterday. And, and, and as we previously discussed on this podcast, you've received some weird emails. Uh, I've started, I started to think, why do I attract fucking weirdos? And then I thought, well, I don't want to pull that thread because I'm going to find some answers that I don't want there. <laughs> and as we've learned, better to just tap those emotions and sort of them <laughs> down and just proceed as, as normal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, right, so out of the blue, I got this email. So just to give a little bit of context, I used to play poker online on a uh, website called PokerStars. It's since become illegal to play. Not a sponsor. Um, it's since become illegal to play poker online for money in Australia. So I've stopped doing that. But I used to go on to this website, PokerStars, and because of my ADD or whatever... <laughs> I would... It sounded like product placement. I would... I had a picture of Chris Martin from Coldplay (laughs) as my my little thumb... Avatar. My thumbnail thing on PokerStars. When I was playing poker for money, Uh which I was doing quite a lot at the time. Uh Uh-huh. And my handle was Chris Martin. 
<laughs> so I would go on there and when so because I couldn't be bothered to wait. Chris Martin and Avatar Chris Martin. Yeah. And wow. what I would do is go on and because I couldn't be what I bothered waiting for the hands to you know sometimes you'd have to sit out hands and be like well the attention's not on me, what am I doing now? So i you'd start up on chat. I'd tell people that I was Chris Martin from Coldplay. <laughs> right? And uh-huh. some people were stupid enough to like bite on that. And there was a couple of times where people were like, Oh, I've never heard of Coldplay, let me Google it. And then they Google it and they'd be like, Your band's really big. And I'm like, Yeah, I know. And I would literally do that. Anyway. So that was about probably six years ago, uh-huh. right? Then last night I received this email from Glenn Whitmore. Alarm bells already. Greetings. <laughs> yeah. Who, who starts an email with greetings unless you're an alien? Or a serial killer. Greetings. Oh. My name is Glenn, Glenn Whitmore. You may not remember me, you may, not, you may remember me, you, n- you may not, but we met a number of years ago on an online poker forum, pokerstars.com. No, it's fun. Although, although we got off to a rocky start, <laughs> you relentlessly insulting me, etc. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this at all. <laughs> but I came to deeply respect you, specifically in regards to your love of the UK rock band Coldplay. I first noticed you by your username, and I was hooked. How are you? What have you been doing? I'm interested in you. What? Please let me know if you're up for chatting. I want to get to know you. If you're in any way inclined, please get in touch. To start, let me dine on your top choices. Favorite Coldplay song. Favorite album. Favorite member. Hoping to get to know you. And understand you. Peace, Jay. Glenn W. So many questions. Fucking weird. First of all, how does he know what your real name is? Second of all, how does he know what your email is? Third of all, why, 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 why? Well, the scary thing is, apart from his name being Glenn Whitmore, Uh which is a very serial killer name, Uh um... I have only recently gotten my Gmail address, which is what that was emailed to. So I've gotten that probably in the last two years. So before that, I was on another email address, which wasn't my name. So I have no idea how he's called my name. Must have given it out. But I told him I was Chris Martin, so I don't know. But do you remember speaking to him? Oh, fuck no. I would go on there and just... T- I would li- I, Because w- it was like that were they online regulars? thing. No, so you'd, you'd go onto a table and it would randomise it. There's probably a, like thousands of people playing yeah, at any given so point. How did, he, p- how did he like, how did he form this like connection? Can't remember. I must have berated him online. And then told and, you your real name? I can't remember telling him. I wouldn't have told. I don't know. This is like years ago. This is like going, pushing on 10 years ago. Not and, cool, man. And then he found your email address? I don't know. So I was running through <laughs> running through possible responses. Like, what's, what's the best? Because I should No, respond. the best response is not responding. Don't the best respond. response is, wanna fuck? 
<laughs> just straight up. I just just to be like, dude, let's just cut the other chase. Let's let's let's. We all know where this is headed. <laughs> We're gonna put fix you on and then grind slowly on a waterbed. <laughs> I'm thinking fix you in a dry hump. What do you say? <laughs> That's some twisted logic. <laughs> You shouldn't have said that. that really I would stand, stand by that joke till the day I die. Speaking of which, I actually watched that Coldplay documentary. I was almost considering it. What, what did you think? It was fine. Yeah. I mean, it was, I think any kind of band documentary that they let you in on, like, I watched that Lady Gaga documentary and that was pretty fascinating. I like, oh, and that, doc, that Justin Bieber documentary as well. I mean, it's all pretty fascinating to, to get a glimpse into how these people operate because they're so, like, above and beyond Big, yeah. what my life is like. But mm. um, Well, maybe that's what uh, Glenn Whitmore's really just in here to do. He's he's trying to get a glimpse of the Michael Zabrecki, you know, see, well, connect to you as, and get a sense of who you are. Yeah, might die. Don't know. <laughs> I would suggest don't respond. To the email. Or. Or. See where it goes. I, um. Someone on the internet made fun of me today. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Just you, you wait till I email you in 10 years. I was going to wonder is this, if you saw my tweet. Who is this yeah. Nick Shadle person? The name sounds <laughs> vaguely familiar. Did they make fun of you for being a nerd? No. But it, I, uh, I, uh, I uh, like a YouTube channel, and I, they asked for requests for videos, and I put a comment on, and then they did my video, and in the video, the guy called me garbage. 